Welcome to another Abiding Thought. Um, today I want to address, this being the first Abiding Thought of the new year, I want to address or return to some things that we've addressed in the past. Uh, one is the writings or the, the words of the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12 when he says, looking unto Jesus who is, or first off, uh, let us lay aside every sin and weight that so easily besets us and looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. And there are two things that always uh, stands out about that verse to me, and it's very helpful and humbling at the same time. One is our need to constantly look to Jesus, that we have to be intentional in looking to the person and work of Christ, not only as the uh, incentive but also as the resource for anything that we do to the glory of God. As Jesus says in the Gospels, that without him we can do nothing. And it is only because of what he has done that we are able to render ourselves as suitable to God to do his will. So that, that always stands out. And, and it is a reminder that Jesus is the reason and the resource uh, by which we are able to do the will of God. But the other thing that, that uh, stands out to me in that, that verse, and it always gets me, and it's always very humbling, and especially when I just read over it in personal studies and devotion, is when the writer says, lay aside every sin and wait, and here's the part that so easily besets us. And the thing that stands out there is that it doesn't take much to get us off track or to lose our focus. And it's in that vein that we've talked about um, being careful of giving our, ourselves over to Satan, to doing the bidding of Satan, not saying that we as believers can be possessed, but we are reminded that we are not to give an opportunity for Satan to use us against the will of God in any given situation. And it's in that light, I'm, I'm thinking of two things. I'm thinking first off of the moment in which we live. We live in a very divisive and really explosive kind of moment. And it's being seen both politically and culturally in so many different ways. And I've read over, uh, over the last few months, I've been reading a number of articles and books and so forth. And what, here's what's become clear is that there is, what, whether it's, um, whether people can, can put a finger on it or not, whether people can really define it, but there seems to be this, this, this present anger and animosity, and it doesn't take much to trigger it. And therefore, we, we um, marginalize others or we enlarge the offenses that we experience in this life but whatever it is it's almost like a ticking time bomb that that people are just angry uh, and we will use different trigger points to say well I'm angry because of this I'm angry because of that whether it's things in our individual or collective past or things that we perceive in the present moment whether it's government uh, whatever it is, we are just angry. And parallel to that is that our anger, our disappointment, whatever you want to call it, is a commodity 
that's being used and manipulated by so many different sources, whether it's news feeds and certainly people are lining up to capitalize on the thing that angers us. We see it in social media. We see it even with, and, and some politicians, I honestly do not know how they can do, uh, how they can, can go in and out saying they are elected officials of the people and they sound like mad people, but they are playing in on our all of the, the trigger points, all of those things that they perceive to be our problem. And so our anger, our, our, our disgust, our, our disappointments, uh, those things that make us the angriest are easily manipulated and they have become a cottage industry. And here's what, what, made, what it made me think about. In Proverbs, Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go, uh, nor go with the wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. And so if we begin at the bottom of what, what's there in verse 25, lest you entangle yourself in a snare, the warning that's, that's given is don't be a party with someone who's driven by anger. And then it goes on to indicate that in doing so, you'll learn their ways of a person who's driven by wrath. And the end result is that you'll be entangled in it. As I'm recording this, we are celebrating one year since there was an assault on our capital. I'm not going to give any political commentary on uh, what motivates people uh, in, on the right or the left, but two things that, that stood out. Uh, because one, this was an assault on our, on our form of government. But the thing that stood out the most is that there were people waving the Bible and religious imagery as they went clearly against what is not only against the laws of, of man, but they clearly we're in opposition to what has been revealed as appropriate behavior for the people of God. But they were waving religious imagery and confusing and conflating the issues of the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of God. But more importantly, they were angry because someone told them that something had gone wrong in the electoral process. Now, since that time, since that time, these cases have been brought to state, to, to government, I mean, to, to courts at almost every level. And it has, those claims have not been validated. But they're so driven by anger that they have conflated cross and flag. Recently, former president of the United States is invited to give a Christmas message in a church. 
here's what I'm again I'm, I'm looking at these two things in Hebrews we are told to lay aside every sin and weight that easily besets us and to look unto Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith in contrast to that if we don't look unto Jesus if we don't see in him the reason and the resource for doing the will of God, then we will allow things to cling to us and detract us from what is true and what is right, in which case we make ourselves vulnerable to the undefined anger of other individuals and we will not only be subject to the, the wrath or to uh, put ourselves in partnership with someone who is angry for no reason. But on top of that, we will find ourselves being instructed in human wrath. And being instructed in human wrath, which it doesn't take much. Remember, it doesn't take much. We're already fallen. So it doesn't get, it doesn't take much to divert our attention from the will of God. And if we are not clear, then we will be entangled in the snare of the wicked one thinking that we are doing the will of God. My abiding thought as we begin this year is that our gaze would be so fixed upon the author and finisher of our faith that it would cause us such deep introspection that we would not focus on what others are, but as Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount teaches that we would be mindful of what we call the moat in our eye, but it's actually a log. We would see our smallest sins as egregious before God that it would also allow, allow us to deal properly with the flaws and the failures of others so that we are not vulnerable to the, the dictates of unmitigated, ungodly anger. In other words, as convoluted as this may sound, what I'm saying is if we don't look unto Jesus, we won't see ourselves properly. And if we don't see ourselves properly, then we will make ourselves vulnerable to ungodly counsel. And when we make ourselves vulnerable to ungodly counsel, then we will be ensnared, entangled in a whole web of deception where we think right is wrong and wrong is right. And we're not able to clearly delineate between the kingdom, the everlasting, unchangeable kingdom of God and the temporal, fleeting, failing kingdom of man. I'm not questioning the legitimacy of people's faith. I don't know if those people who stormed the Capitol with their religious regalia, I don't know if they were genuine believers or not. But if perhaps they were not, but if they were, they were wrong. And they have been confused because they have not clearly understood 
who Jesus is. Brothers and sisters, this is a new year. The things that are in the culture are in the culture. We live in a cursed creation. And the wicked will be wicked still. And God places behind, be, be before us truth and error so that we can consciously embrace the one as we consciously reject the other. Don't be privy to the anger of ungodliness and don't be entangled by the traps of those who have no hope beyond this present moment. Thank you.